Say a word. You tell me what comes to mind. Are you ready? Okay. Tchaikovsky. Gesundheit. Okay. What's the word? No. See, that is the word. What does Tchaikovsky make you think of? I don't know. Allergy season. Uh, hey there. How you doing? What's up? Who's Martha Graham? She invented the graham cracker. No kidding. Yeah. Before her, there was only soda crackers. Hard to imagine. Uh, hey, young lady. Yeah. Uh, does the name Man Ray mean anything to you? Ta. The man ray is a kind of poisonous jellyfish, and it lives in the Gulf of Mexico. Aha! It's very deadly. Are your kids as well-rounded as they could be? Kids who participate in the arts do better in school and in life. To learn more about the value of arts education, visit americansforthearts.org. Because all kids should get to appreciate Tchaikovsky's music, Martha Graham's dance, and man ray's photography. Art. Ask for more. A public service message brought to you by Americans for the Arts and the Ad Council. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. Hello, power partners, and welcome to radio's finest hour of power, Star Style. Be the star you are, a program of positive talk with authors and experts to help you excel in life and our coaching corner where we are right now. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Libby Gill, and together we are the Success Sisters. And we are delighted to be your personal life coaches right here on the airwaves here at Star Style. Be the star you are with you every week. So get ready to pump that energy. Love, learn, laugh, listen, and be entertained and inspired. We are a show about following your heart and doing what you love, and we hope that you will be bubbling with enthusiasm, inspiration, motivation, and information while you're getting these great tools for living. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by us, the Success Sisters, coaching you to be the stars of your own life. For more information on getting your private consultation over the phone or in person, visit LibbyGill.com or CynthiaBryan.com. And the first Miracle Moment is a Chinese proverb that says, When the character of a man is not clear to you, look at his friends. And the second one is when you are involved in something that you do only when it is convenient, when you are committed, 
you accept no excuses, only results. Sounds like the topic of what we're going to be talking about today. Well, we have designed a fabulous show for you. In our coaching corner, my sister Libby Gill and I will offer three secrets to setting goals with sticking power. And then if you're a pregnant or new mom, you're going to want to listen to segment two with co-author of The Milk Memos, Andrea Surrett, as we discuss how you can mix business with babies. And then in segment three, we're going to be with TV personality uh, Jan Yanahero, who is the co-author of the new book, This Is Not the Life I Ordered, and find out how to keep our heads above water when life keeps drowning us. So grab a cup of tea or a glass of red wine. Get ready to be uplifted, energized, entertained, and educated. You are listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. Well, you may have the best action plan in the world, but if you don't know the three secrets to getting those goals and making them stick, you are doomed to fade away faster than your good intentions. You know, have you ever wondered why you have no problem setting the goals, but you just can't seem to make them stay? Well, Libby thinks that we're doing it all wrong. That's right, Cynthia. In my humble opinion, I think that a lot of us set goals in the wrong way, and then it's no wonder that we can't see them through to success. And that's why we're going to talk about three secrets to setting goals with staying power. You ready for that? I'm ready for it because I'm all about setting goals, but I want to make them happen. I'm not, I don't like to have things fall by the wayside. Well, I know you're an ace goal setter, Cynthia, but we're going to use you as a guinea pig if that's all right. Again, so that... Libby, I'm always your guinea pig. <laughs> I know you are. Okay, I'll do it. Okay. I love you, sister. <laughs> Thank you. And that way our, our listeners, whether they're at, at work or at home or, you know, sitting at Starbucks or their favorite coffee shop listening on their laptop, they can learn along with us and set some goals with you. But not the way that we're used to doing, which is kind of dreaming up that pie-in-the-sky idea and slapping it on a piece of paper, if that, and then wondering, you know, six months later why it never happened. But instead, I want to give you a litmus test, and it's kind of a gold standard for setting goals, and it's really simple. It just involves having you ask yourself three questions. And if you can answer yes to each question, then you've got to know, then you know that you've got a goal that's going to stick. Okay? I'm ready. Okay, so here's what I want you to do, Cynthia. I want you to think of two goals. One, a personal goal, like learning to swing dance or taking French lessons, although I know you already know how to speak French, playing golf, spending more time with your husband, whatever it is. Think of a personal goal. And then I want you to think of a professional goal, whether it's writing a book, taking a training course, whatever you want to do in your career. And then give that a second thought. And everybody who's listening, I want you to do the same thing. And my guess is you're not just coming up with this goal on the spot. You probably have had it for some time. But go ahead and write that down. And, Cynthia, you tell us your two goals, and then we're going to see if we can sort of take them apart and see if they've got staying power. Could I pick a personal goal that I did just think about on the spot? Oh, sure. Would that be all right? Okay, yeah. because this one's very important to me because it truly is, it is a goal that I have to accomplish by next Wednesday. So okay. it's a really short goal, and I hope I'll be able to do it. And that is I just bought a lot of plants and new roses and some trees, I mean a, a lot, more than I, um, I should have for the amount of time I have. And I need to get everything planted, and I need to get a deck painted before. I leave next Wednesday to uh, go speak on a cruise. Okay. Is that, a, is that a good enough goal? That's a good goal. You've got uh, less than a week to... I know. Uh, to... I know. I'm really going to have to hustle my bustle. Okay. 
Now, give me a, a professional goal. Well, professional goal, I would say that I would like to start helping one more new coaching client per month for the next 12 months because I, I have I had kind of taken a time where I wasn't taking people, and now I'm ready. Okay. So now here's the first question I want you to ask yourself, and that is if you're passionate about both of those goals. Because if you're not, they're really not worth pursuing, and that's the end of the conversation. So uh, you that, tell me. If that's you're... a good one. Yeah, obviously the person, if I don't plant the plants, they're going to be dead when I get back because I'm, I'm gone for two weeks. Okay. And, and by I, the my way. Husband, my husband will not water them. I mean, he doesn't know a plant from a weed, so it's not going to be, he won't do it. Okay. And he's definitely not going to paint the deck. So I, I do have to get those done. I'm passionate about doing Okay. And, and if passion is too strong a word, is it important? Is it significant? Is it meaningful to you? I think all of those for that, yes, it okay. means all that. It's definitely meaningful because then when I get back, things will be blooming, so right. that would be great. And also the same with your professional goal. The professional one, yes, I'm, I am definitely ready for that because I'm seeing the results that clients are getting and they're really excited about it, so um, now I, I'm ready to branch out a little more. Okay. So those are your two goals, and everybody listening should be coming up with their same, their business goal, and the idea is, and their personal goal, and the idea is that you'll now have this roadmap for goal setting that you can apply really to anything. So that's success step number one, or in this case, it's more like success question number one. Ask yourself if you're passionate about your goals, and we got your answer, Cynthia. So now let's move on. And we're going to ask yourself the next question about these goals. And, and if we don't get a yes here, we may have to reframe them a little bit because I want you to ask yourself if your goals are within your power to accomplish. And by that I mean, for example, if a client comes to you or came to me and said, I want to write a New York Times bestseller, that's not really within their power. Now, you're an exception, Cynthia, because we know you've got a whole list of bestsellers. But if you think about it, you don't control the New York Times. So you may want to reframe that goal to make it within your power, which would include writing a book proposal, even writing a book, sending out letters to agents, taking classes. That sort of thing would make it within your power that every action step is something that you control. Does that make sense? That makes sense. And I think that's a really important part of a success step, Libby, because so many of us, we dream the big dream, which is great. But if it's not something that we can achieve because we don't have the power to make it happen, then it's just a wish as opposed to a goal. Right, and you have to really be able to break it down. When I decided I wanted to write a book, and that was a whole lifelong goal in my case, I mean a years-long goal, I had to really think about what was what was holding me back, first of all. But also, I had to really think of it not as I'm going to write the great American novel or not as I'm going to, not that I would necessarily write that New York Times bestseller, but that I could write a book. And at that point in my career, I was, I was working in the studio world, but I didn't have any literary connections of any kind. So I just bought a book off of Amazon.com on how to write a book. And I, I literally followed every step they said to do until I ended up getting published, and it was really that simple, just taking the steps that were within my power and letting go of the ones that weren't. But, and I think that was the secret, though, is that you actually took an action step. You mm-hmm. did something. You didn't just sit in your room, Libby, and say, oh, I want to write a book. Right. You, you took action. You went to the store, or, I mean, or you went to Amazon, 
whatever you want to do. But then you sat down and you did it. Right. So you got the skills you needed and you took the action steps that you needed to do. Right. And it was a matter of framing it so that I could, I could accomplish it. Because, you know, if you want to be an astronaut or a movie star or a professional athlete, you know, maybe you can, but maybe at my age at 52, I'd say it's pretty unlikely at this stage of my life and it's definitely not within my power. So, you know, let's shoot for something that we can control. So let's look back at your goals, Cynthia, and see how how much they're within your power, and if they're not, reframe it or break it into action steps that are within your power. Okay, well, the painting and the planting are definitely within my power. I, I, what I'll need to do is carve out the time over the weekend or after work or sometime early in the morning to get that done. So I think You're going to do the painting, too? Yes, I have to do the painting, too. Okay, good for you. I know you do all the planting, but okay. Yes, yes. And you're going to make that structured so that you mark it off on your calendar or you make sure you've got the time? Yes. Okay. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And I'm actually going to start with that tomorrow. Okay, good I actually will promise you that I will start with that tomorrow. Okay. Then as far as the professional goal, that one is really not so much into my control uh, because obviously a client has to contact me. They either have to call me or email me or whatever. But what I can do on my part of it is let people know and let my current uh, clients know that if they have a friend that needs coaching, that I am available. Okay. So your one action step that's within your control is letting people know that you've now got some open spots that you'll accept some new clients. Right. Okay. Anything else you can do there that's an action step that you can take toward that goal? Well, I think, too, I can just talk to people. I mean, even even as quickly as, you know, in the next few weeks when I'm traveling because I'm traveling speaking on home and garden topics and lifestyle topics, I can let my audiences know okay. that I'm available. Uh, that would be an action step. Okay. So you're going to get the word out. I All get right. the word out. Okay. Exactly. All right. And now, everybody listening, if, if you've got a goal that, it's it's a realistic goal and it's a it's a goal you can measure, but you have to frame it in a way that you can take those steps. So the second goal or the second success step is to ask yourself if these goals are within your power to accomplish. And now all of these things, including painting and planting and spreading the word about your coaching practice, those are all within your power to accomplish. We need another P in there. I like that. Painting and planting and and uh, power coaching. Well, we can just throw passion in there any old time. Passion. I love passion. That always works. Okay, now finally, and this is important too, you need to determine how you're going to measure your goals. Because yours are pretty specific uh, that you just said, Cynthia. You're going to know if that deck is painted or not. You're going to know if those roses are in the ground. But if you said something like, I want to be a better boss, I want to be a better mom, even I want to be a better speaker, what does that really mean? How do you measure that? How do you quantify it? So, again, you have to reframe it. And if better boss means I'm going to mentor someone by the end of the year, I'm going to take some leadership classes, then you'll know that you have taken and accomplished and succeeded at that step toward your goal. It's definable and measurable. And even being a better mom or a better parent, which is something people think, you know, it's kind of amorphous and fuzzy, but if you drill that down and really define it as that means we're all going to sit down to dinner together five nights a week, we're going to limit our computer time, our screen time, or we're going to play family board game night, however you define it, 
then you'll know if you've done it or not. It's more specific, and that's, I think, what you're really saying here is we have to create smart goals and make them doable, reachable, specific, time-oriented, because if we don't put a timeline on it, then, you know, it's like it keeps going on forever and ever, and then we don't accomplish anything. Yeah, just like you said, I'm going to start tomorrow. That's where we've talked a lot about accountability. That's where the accountability comes in. Is and you've given yourself an end date on that one. I'm going to start. I'm going to know by you know by next Wednesday. You got to be done because you're getting on a boat. Right. I'm got to be done. And actually, you know, this that's actually a really good way to do some goals is when you really have a very strict timeline. If you can do that for yourself. And I know when I write my goals, and I know Libby, when we did our goals together, um, and when we do it at the beginning of the year, we always put a date. We're going to write that book proposal by such and such date. You know, we're going to submit it by this date and of course we're not we're, we don't always have the outcomes aren't in our power but if we can keep our commitment to our goals then usually the seeds that we plant will come pouring back and bloom beautifully down the line a bit it's yeah. like you start reaping the bounty yeah, absolutely and, and you have to know when you can push forward and when you have to let go because there are certain things that you can't make happen but you can take all the steps and do all the action that, that's within your control and then allow the rest to happen in its own time. Well, these are great ways to make your goals stick. So the three success steps that we're going to recap are, are you passionate about your goals? Ask yourself that question. And then are your goals within your power to make them happen? Can you accomplish those goals? And that's really critical. Is it within your scheme, not the world scheme? And are they measurable? Be specific. Give a timeline. Did I get it? That's absolutely right. And also with being able to measure them, that's a great way to, to celebrate your own success. When you've reached a milestone, you need to know it so that you can, you can celebrate if you've done it and you can kick yourself in the rear end if you haven't. I'm going to celebrate. When I get those plants uh, planted, I'm going to open a bottle of champagne and go out and sit in the garden. I think that's a good idea. I think you're ready for this break because you, you started with red wine and now you've moved to champagne. So. I know. See, I'm going to dessert already, already. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to check in with you with your accountability. How are things going with your health and fitness? Well, you know, they're pretty good, but i got to tell you, I've thought a lot about why I'm resisting that Pilates class. And, you know, I talk a lot about defining figuring out what that it is that you, when you need to get over it. Yes. And I think my it is just that basic fear of the gym and the unknown. And I think I've got to get over it by dragging a friend with me to take Pilates, and I think that's what I'm going to do. So Because do you not like going to the gym? See, I'm, I don't like going to the gym, but I'll do Pilates and yoga and all that when I go to a, a spa. I, go to, I take yoga at the gym. I walk into the one studio where they teach yoga. I walk out, and I never set foot in any other part of the gym. I weightlift in a different place where I do the same thing. So starting something new is not my favorite it's thing. It's not your thing. Well, I think that's a good idea then. So we're going to hold you to you find a Pilates partner. There's another PP word. <laughs> a Pilates partner, and then it'll happen. And then give yourself a timeline. Let's say, how long do you want to make this happen? You want to do this within two weeks? I just wrote down Pilates partner. I'm going to call my friend Wendy and say within two weeks, Drag me to a, a Pilates class. There we go. So we're going to check back with you on that. And okay. how's yours going? And I'm doing. I am doing fine. I just put some solar in, so I'm going to be able to do some physical therapy in a swimming pool that'll be warm. And I'm looking forward to that. And I've been very good at keeping up my 20 minutes a day. And 
The one new thing that I'm doing, that my husband was out of town for a few days, and I tried eating a little differently, which was having, like, my big meal at 3 in the afternoon and mm-hmm. just having a salad at night, and I loved it. I wish I could keep that up. But I'm not sure that's going to work because then we wouldn't be eating together. But it sure was nice for a few days. Well, what if you tried making your big meal? You have some of it early in the day, and then you... The rest is for him at dinner time, and you join him by having a salad. Now, that's a, you know, that's a great idea, and I didn't think of that, Libby. I may try that. Give it a because shot. I see feel, what you know, I have, I'm so energetic, and I use up so much energy. I need more energy during the day, and then at night, I don't need all that food, because then I can wind down a little bit. Otherwise, I'll work till 3 in the morning. So <laughs> that's a great idea. Well, we'll have more success tips for you next week. We want to thank you for listening to us. You have been in the Coaching Corner with Cynthia Bryan, Libby Gill, and we are your success sisters. For more information about getting coaching from Libby, go to LibbyGill.com. She's awesome. Make sure you do it. LibbyGill.com, and we'll be with you again next week for more fun. But stay with us. Mothers and Milk coming right up on Star Style. Be the star you are. Broadway show on the silver screen. Singing lovely songs of love is all I ever dreamed of. World Talk Radio. Hi, this is Rochelle and Jeff from Travel Hub Radio with another Travel Hub tip. You're late for your flight and there is a long line at the security checkpoint. What can you do as a traveler to improve time and efficiency and make your flight quickly? One idea is to take everything out of your pockets, such as sunglasses, cell phones, PDAs, pagers, and other metal and electronic objects. Put them in an easily accessible pocket on your carry-on luggage. If security asks you to display or operate these items, they're right there. Plus, you won't hold up the line when you have to do the walk. A metal belt buckle or a wristwatch is usually not a problem, but be aware of them and ready to remove them quickly if needed. Wear comfortable shoes that can be quickly slipped off and on if you are asked to remove them. Most of all, if the security personnel give you specific directions or ask you a question, don't argue. Just comply and cooperate. It's not personal. They're just doing their job. For traveling tips and much more, make sure you tune in to Travel Hub Radio live Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, or listen to the show archives and podcast right here on World Talk Radio and at TravelHubRadio.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Women accounted for 55% of all online commerce in the fourth quarter of last year. They control or influence nearly 80% of all purchasing decisions. Well over half of today's new Internet accounts are being snapped up by women. And why stereotypically male computer nerds are transfixed by the latest flashy graphics, their sisters are out cruising the web with a more practical eye. So where do you want to go isn't a very meaningful question for women. Instead, they're asking, what can this technology do for me today? Women are incredibly media savvy. Even though women can browse for hours in stores, that's not what they want when they're surfing the net. While they appreciate strong content, when they want is commerce that is easy to wade through. They don't want a commercial, so keep your product information easily accessible by hyperlinks and don't load pages down with enormous accounts of sales pitch text. They're online to save time, not to waste it, reading information for something they already are trying to acquire. You're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite for Star Style. Listen. The world is talking. World Talk Radio.
Cynthia Bryan, your personal growth coach on Star Style. Be the star you are, and my purpose in providing you this radio program is to communicate to you that you already possess everything you need to be the producer, the writer, the director, and the star of your own life. We want you to smile, have fun, and be willing to stretch, go out on that limb and be wild and wacky. Our motto is to be a leader, you must be a reader. So sit back and enjoy this show that's brought to you by the charity Be the Star You Are, empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy and positive messages like this radio show. Consider making a tax-deductible contribution. Go to the website, bethestarur.org, and thanks for helping the women, the families, and the kids in need of hope and inspiration. Well, being a working mother can be difficult at times, challenging. Two new moms working at IBM, Kate Colburn-Smith and Andrea Surrett, started writing in notebooks, which became more of a pumping pal journal as they sat in a makeshift lactation room at the IBM facility so that they could support one another and offer advice to other women that were participating. More new moms joined in the dialogue, and the result is this wonderful book, The Milk Memos, a book of how real moms learned to mix business with babies. Andrea is with us today to offer some suggestions to all working moms who care enough to nurse their babies. Welcome, Andrea, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Hi, thank you for inviting me on the show. Oh, you're so welcome, so welcome. Well, being a working mother of two children that I nursed till 12 months each, I understand the frustrations and the anxiety of trying to do the best for your newborn while juggling a career. And I found it just so fascinating in your book, The, Mel- the Milk Memos, how you took snippets from your experiences Wrote, um, wrote them down in the notebooks, combined them with research and practical tips so that you could really offer new moms or people who are pregnant at the time and really considering how are they going to do the work and the nursing and to help them give their baby that nourishment of breast milk. Why don't you give us a little bit about your experiences and how it all came about because it's, it's rather, it's, just, it's, a, it's a humorous book, it's fun, but it's packed with information. Exactly. Well, for me, when I came back to work, I was completely overwhelmed. I just felt like I didn't know if I had the right supplies. I didn't know if I was going to be handle, able to handle the whole working mother thing. And when I went to our IBM's lactation room, I walked in the door and sat down there that first day to pump milk for my baby, and I saw this stack of notebooks sitting there. And I started paging through the notebooks and found just wonderful advice and humorous stories and people, all these women asking each other questions and cheering each other on. And for me, they kind of became the turning point because when I first came back to work, I really wasn't sure that I was going to be able to continue nursing my son for the entire duration of a year, which is what is recommended. So I just used the sisterhood and the advice and tips in that notebook and, of course, wrote pages and pages in there myself and really found such a support group within them that I thought if other moms like myself found this to be so helpful, then certainly people who might pick up a book with some of our general entries 
added into it, they might find it useful as well. Well, I found it so humorous how I could just imagine you sitting in there, you know, pumping away, writing with one hand, pumping <laughs> with maybe the same hand. Exactly. And, yeah, and, it's, and, and then everybody's storing their pumps somewhere in there and of course I laughed at the variety of from the Cadillac or the Lexus pump to the the Toyota. <laughs> yep, I mean and I was definitely the one. I came in that day and that's what I mean. I really I you should have, have done, the worst I one. Done, I don't know how you did it. Yeah, I should have been done more research before I came back. I had the wrong pump and I was just you know, those first weeks you're tired and just overwhelmed with everything and so yeah, it was a great place to come and be and realize that in the midst of this huge corporation, here are this group of women in this little tiny lactation room attached to the women's bathroom just pouring out their hearts, you know. So it was a really good source of support. And we should mention that the lactation room really wasn't even a lactation room. It was an, a room that had once been used as a medical examining room, right? And so it, it, was, it was really kind of tacky, and it took you ladies to start dressing it up with pictures of your babies. And, and you have a lot of funny notes in your notebook here about the decor in there. So it wasn't a really... A wonderful place in the beginning. It's more like a closet. Right. It was It was actually a converted janitor's closet that was attached inside the women's bathroom there. And, yeah, when we first went in there, it was just very plain and sterile. And my co-author actually started coming up with the idea to, hey, let's put pictures of our babies on the wall. Let's put some friendly magazines in here and get some, you know, just uh, regular amenities to make moms who are coming in here feel comfortable, and we recommend that to other moms who, uh, you know, even if they don't have a lactation room at their place of work, if they have a conference room or, you know, something else that they can bring, whatever it is that makes them feel comfortable enough to be in there and relax and take those 15 minutes to just be a mom in the midst of the workday and um, pump milk for your baby if that's what you're choosing to do. Well, what I saw, what I really felt that your book um, emphasizes is the importance of breastfeeding and that it is not impossible to go back to work and still give your baby all the nutrients and the antibodies and all the, the stuff that will help your baby grow more healthy because it has been proven that breast milk is the healthiest milk. And so you can freeze, you know, you can freeze your milk as you were doing, and now they have special bags that you can buy to do it. So there are a lot of tools, which you talk about the tools in your book. You give a list of things that you can do so that you're, you can be a milk mama. Exactly. I mean, it is definitely not impossible. I'm living proof that you can do it, and I have three kids and was working a full-time job at the time. And it's not necessarily easy, but you can definitely do it. And we say, you know, to make sure you have the right supplies, to make sure you have support of other moms. And it's definitely, it's definitely possible to do. And the other thing to, for moms to know, though, is, which we also try to be not too judgmental, too judgmental in the book, is that if you can't make it happen, if you, you know, we're in this culture where everyone knows today that breastfeeding is best, but sometimes when you get back to your workplace, you don't find the infrastructure to support your need to do that. So if you're a mom who just can't make it happen and you only end up pumping five months or however long that is for you or you need to supplement with formula, I mean, we just don't want moms to feel guilty about doing what they need to do. 
just be the best mom that you can be to help your baby be the you know the healthiest yeah. and grow uh, grow well. But um, I wanted to talk to you about some of the if you do choose to breastfeed, could you go ahead and these are it's all in the book by the way. The name of the book is the Milk Memos: How Real Moms Learned to Mix Business with Babies and How You Can Too. Would you give a couple of tips on what you think are very important things that a new mom should do because as you explained that you just bought like the least expensive pump not really thinking knowing what you how fast it was going to uh, work and it was taking you so long to get so little out exactly <laughs> so, so there are a few yeah. things that you need i mean you should make a list and and you know do a little bit of research before you decide to lactate at work <laughs> Yes, right. For me, I was wishful thinking, and the pump I bought just said for occasional separation of mom and baby, and the truth was I was away from him, you know, full days at a time, and if that's the case, you need a a breast pump that is electric and um, double pumping and, you know, something that is going to draw the milk out of you almost as efficiently as your own baby because nursing is all about supply and demand, and so... The more efficient your pump is, the better able it's able to mimic what your baby would normally do if you were nursing him or her, then the easier time you're going to have keeping your supply up. And that's a huge battle because working moms are always pumping. And so if you have a pump that's not great, then your supply starts to diminish and then you're constantly worried about, oh, my gosh, tomorrow when I'm away from him at work, am I going to have enough milk to give the daycare provider or whoever is watching my baby to feed them all day. So breast pump is definitely key. And in addition to actual supplies that you should research, such as the breast pump, we also recommend just emotionally preparing yourself, you know, making sure that, you know, letting you know that you're probably going to feel overwhelmed when you first return. And so to not make any rash decisions those first weeks and months, but rather to just set an evaluate date sometime, you know, a few weeks or months down the road and, and then to reassess your situation at that time because those first few weeks and months are really, really emotional and trying. And one thing that I was surprised, I didn't realize this, but I read in your book is that some companies actually will offer either discounts or rebates uh, on some of these pumps or materials that you may need. So it was a good idea to ask your company, if you work for a larger company, if there are any benefits. For employees. Yeah, absolutely. Ask ahead because we found out, in my case, I found out after I had bought the pump, which they're expensive. So go ahead and ask before you leave on maternity leave and find out, does your company offer that? And same with a lactation room. If they don't currently provide one, ask if they will. You know, I mean, you could create one. I mean, that's exactly what uh, Kate did. Is she literally took over this little this little room, and then you guys all made it your own, and now it's a culture. You know, it's part of the culture. But so don't be afraid to ask. In fact, uh, you are you know uh, lactating mom people who want to nurse their babies have the right to pump their milk at work. Exactly. And that's one of the things I think that we don't realize, that it is uh, actually a law, and there's actually more laws being written as we speak now that are going to protect the working mother. Exactly. So, And we've already received some personal letters from moms who have said, I have gone to my supervisor and said, would you provide this room for me? And surprisingly, they've said yes. 
I think so it's, a, it's a great, you know, it's a great thing because happy employees are healthy employees. They'll stay longer and they'll do a better job. And if I know, just as a mom, you know, we're torn. We're torn. It's like we have we have to work, but at the same time, we really want to be home with our baby because we know that we're missing, you know, that first step or the first rollover, or the first smile, you know. And it's like, ah. Well, some of the other things you talk about in your book, it's not only about nursing, but you talk about child care and how to find a good child care provider if you don't have a family or a stay-at-home husband, as many of you um, did or do. And I think those tips are important, too, because, you know, I, I, there was like one of the, in one of the notes in the notebook was like, I've been on number 12, and they're just horrible of going to these child care providers. So you want to be really careful on who's going to take care of your child. Yes, and so in the book we do provide a list of questions that you should ask a prospective child care provider. We give uh, a, you know, a list of all the different options that you can consider and ways to be creative within those options. And, yeah, for me it was the hardest decision to pick someone who was going to care for my little guy during the day, but... Eventually, you do, you know, if you have a great sense about that person and you've done the research and you've asked, you, you eventually get into a routine and you learn that your baby is go- going to be just fine. In fact, it's probably the mom who's going to be more torn up about that situation than the baby. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's one of the most it's- important decisions you can make and... Uh, somehow we all we all get through it. We all get through it, and some people will hire au pairs or nannies. And of course, what was great about having your support squad is that in a pinch, maybe one of you could cover for another. You know, maybe there would be a child caregiver or or the husband at home that would be able to take care of one of your kids. And you know, some of those little email not emails the notes that you wrote to each other were just were very charming, and then you obviously cared a lot about one another. Yeah, I mean, you really can't underestimate the power of sisterhood when going through this. I mean, it just was, it was amazing. I mean, we had people who said, hey, if you can't find a place, I can put you on the wait list at my daycare's place. Or maybe my husband who stays home would be willing to take your child for a day. Or, you know, just cheering us on on days when we felt down. Or, you know, giving us the thumbs up when we made it through another week or month or had something exciting to share. It, It definitely was what got me through. Well, I also another part of your book that I think is uh, very important was the motherhood penalty is you talk about while employers won't openly admit that there's a bias against working moms, um, there's some evidence to support that. What have you found or, or how, can, how can moms who are feeling this bias, what can they do? Well, of course, it's, it's an unfortunate situation for anybody, I think, as far as the motherhood penalty goes, I mean, I think sometimes we feel that as a mom, if you have made it known that family is a priority, oftentimes you might be passed over for promotions or raises and things like that. So obviously it's something that should be addressed with the company's HR department because it's not something that should be happening. And we know that women sometimes are forgoing salary raises or um, you know, have a harder time getting hired just because they are a mom. So it's really not something that any of us should put up with, and we really say it really should become as outdated as 
smoking in the workplace. Or I anything agree, like and I think that that's what the sisterhood's all about. So, yeah. mamas, speak up. We are the milk mamas, and you know, get out there and talk about it. Well, I really believe that the milk mamas, you have uh, fulfilled your dream. You've offered wonderful advice. There's plenty of humor. There's support, encouragement. And you, too, could have the confidence to be a working mom, to breastfeed your baby, and still have a career. For more information, go to MilkMemos.com. That's the website. The book is The Milk Memos, How Real Moms Learn to Mix Business with Babies, and how you can, too. Well, Andrea, it's a wonderfully important message, and thank you and Kate for writing it. And please give my best to all the milk mamas out there. Every woman who has had a child can really identify with this book, and this is what is, is a great gift to give to new mamas. So thank, thank you, you so Andrea, much. for being a guest on Star Style. Thank you for sharing our message with your listeners. Thank you, Andrea. Well, we'll be back in a minute with Jan Yanahero, and we're going to be talking about this is not the life I ordered and how many times have we said that. Back in a second with Cynthia Bryan on Star Style. Be the star you are. Stay with us. This business has show business has all. Looking for answers to those uncommon questions? Looking for a way to heal? Looking for spiritual guidance? Come visit www.angelstoguideyou.com. We are all blessed with spiritual helpers, spiritual gifts, and spiritual healing. Get in touch with your spirit. Get answers. Get healing. www.angelstoguideyou.com. Remember, you're not alone. angelstoguideyou.com. Hear that? You just gotta love that sound. Really, it's one of this country's great treasures. The unmistakable sound of a nice California Chardonnay. There's nothing like it. Well, except of course for the sound of nails pounding lumber, building new homes across America, or steaks sizzling on the grill. In fact, 40% of American products are shipped by freight railroads. From computers to produce, we even carry trucks. Really, chances are the things you'll use tomorrow are taking the train today. 70% of new American cars, 40% of the grain harvest. More Americans depend on us than ever. Freight railroads contribute more than $31 billion a year to the U.S. economy. And since one freight train carries a load of up to 500 trucks, that means less fuel, less traffic. A better environment, a better tomorrow. Tomorrow, arriving by train. Sponsored by North America's Freight Railroads. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with me, Cynthia Bryan, your personal growth coach. And every week, Be the Star You Are showcases incredible authors and experts who enhance and inspire your life. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 charity dedicated to empowering families, women, and youth through improved literacy and positive message programming such as this radio show. For more information on how to get infused with inspiration, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. That's BeTheStarYouAre.org. Thanks for helping women, families, and youth at risk. Well, four women gathered around a kitchen table during the last decade to listen, support, laugh, cry, 
and create a plan for reinvention. Between the four women, Jackie Spear, Jan Yanahero, Deborah Collins-Stevens, and Micheline Christine Reesley, they have a history of six marriages, ten children, four stepchildren. They've been through widowhood, gunshot wounds, and many other hardships. But by writing a book, This Is Not the Life I Ordered, they share 50 ways to help all of us keep our heads above water when life keeps dragging us down. With us today is co-author and TV personality, Jan Yanahero. Hello, Jan, and welcome to Star Style. Be the star you are. Cynthia, glad to be on, honored to be on, and I love the title. I love the growth coach title. I love Be the Star You Are. That is so positive. I'm loving it. Thank you so much. Well, Jan, we all remember you from Evening Magazine. You were an amazing host, and Amazingly, I actually did animal segments for Evening Magazine in San Francisco oh my <laughs> many gosh. years ago. And so um, I, you are such a gem, and you are, I think, a Northern California treasure and a treasure to all of us. And I just wanted to say now you are hosting um, Appraise It on HGTV and Women of Vision and the new Americans on KCSM TV, as well as you're producing your own weekly television show, Pacific Fusion. So congratulations, because you have reinvented your life, and you definitely deserve it, and we all need it. Oh, thanks, Cynthia. You know, and you are too. I mean, look at this, from animal things. <laughs> yes, exactly, to personal like... growth coaching. And... Exactly. Yes, I mean, so wow. It's all about inspiration. Well, I want to get to this book because this is the kind of book that we all need in these times of crisis. The book is, This is Not the Life I Ordered, 50 Ways to Keep Your Head Above Water When Life Keeps Dragging You Down. Now, Senator Jackie Spear was only 28 when she was shot five times, left for dead in the Jonestown cult massacres in Guyana. I mean, we all remember that horrible thing. And then when she was three months pregnant, her husband died in a car accident. For you, just as your evening magazine TV contract, which was this incredible contract, was canceled, your husband was diagnosed with brain cancer and died. And then, of course, the other co-authors had all their own issues. Well, many people wouldn't be able to pick themselves up and off the floor after such massive distress, but the four of you have decided to rise like a phoenix from the ashes and to show other people how. So why don't we start with some of the ways that we can really get ourselves back together when life is treating us like we want to just stay under the covers and hide. Sometimes dragging you down. You know, a great friend of ours gave us a great metaphor. She said, survive and thrive. Mm. And, and we can do it. Now, I'm not saying... Cynthia, that some days are pretty tough and pretty raw, and, you know, you think, I just can't do it. A great friend of mine said, you know, if you can't do it day by day, do it half day by half day. Or I tell people, Jan, do it moment by moment. I just say live in the moment because I don't know if I'm going to have the next hour. So if we can live as if we're dying, maybe our lives will be a little bit more enriched and better. That's another way to do it. You know, sometimes you have to equip yourself with whatever it is that will make you feel wonderful in that moment and the next moment. I love to carry around this quote. It's from Dolly Parton, a woman who has survived and thrived, and she says, and we put it in our book because it's quite significant, I think. She said, uh, if you want to see the rainbow, you've 
got to put up with the rain. Yes, that and isn't that the truth? And, you know, we're all going to have rain in our lives. And as the four of you who are very, who are four influential women, that you're, you know, you're all founders or co-founders of something and creators and producers and, you know, politicians, it doesn't matter who you are. We're still going to have problems and issues in our lives. You know, it doesn't matter how great we reach to the top of the pyramid. Something's always going to happen. It's called life. Exactly. So Sometimes you're in that little go. path of life and then whack, you get whacked off and then you yes. got to find yourself, you know, just clawing, crying, using nails, using your, just your own strength to come back on, you know. And, and one of the things that got us through a lot of tough times for the women in our book and we encourage women and men to do the same, that when we were feeling particularly down and low, we gathered our friends. We gathered our friends together and we talked. And that's kind of like the kitchen table wisdom, if you will, the kitchen table. And in our book and on our website, we say there are, we tell people and we encourage women and men that there are six ways you too can form your kitchen table, and we I call this the kitchen. I talk about those, Jan, because I think it's critical. What you did is you formed a support squad, and you met constantly. You always met monthly, I understand, and then whenever there was a crisis or anybody needed anything, you would reconvene and sit around this table, you know, to laugh, cry, whatever you needed to do, support one another. And we all need to do it, both men and women. This is not just for women. It's for human beings. We need to be here for each other. And sometimes, you know, Cynthia, we're afraid to pick up the phone and call our friends to say, hey, can we get together? Can you come over? I need to talk. Because we're afraid that they may say no. But picking up the phone and asking them or now emailing them, the, the results are fabulous and surprising. So that's what we did. We got together. And pick a comfortable place. Pick a place that may give you privacy or pick a favorite restaurant and go in a corner. Pick your home. Pick your kitchen table. But just pick a place, call your friends, email your friends, and have them come. It's amazing the support you'll feel. So that's one thing. And then, you know, we said, well, there's another thing that you can do, too. You can, you know, have some ideas in your mind about what you want to talk about. Sometimes just by opening up and saying, hey, Cynthia, how's everything going with you? A flood of things comes out, you know. Or how can we help you? That's kind of, oh, Who do we know? That can help you with this issue, this financial issue, getting connected to this person. You know, so those are kind of the questions that you may want to start with. Well, you know, one of the things I want to say about that is, you know, we so often we think that we can go it alone, but no man or woman is an island. And in order to be happy, successful, we need each other. And the human instinct is to help each other, but we have to ask for that help. Because it's not always, you know, people don't always just say, what can I do? So you, sometimes we have to actually reach out and say, I need some help. And to be a good friend, we need to be a rock for our friends. But one of the things that really struck me that was important that you did, and in, you talk about this too in your book, This Is Not the Life I Ordered, is you actually had a time that you made sure that you met every month. So that it, it's a goal that you keep, so you have something to look forward to. Absolutely, and then we'd say, okay, everybody check their calendars, and we said, all right, let's meet at this time. And, of course, you know, food brings everybody together, and sometimes we met at my table, Jackie's table, Deborah's table. We sort of met sometimes at breakfast at a, at a restaurant, 
But the deal is we met, and, you know, we made every effort to be there, and, and the results were great. You know, we all went through financial crisis. Certainly I did after my husband died. Well, you said that you had this $200,000 contract that went to $20,000. I mean, this is terrible. Well, you know, that's the reality of our business in television. So I not only didn't have life insurance, I didn't have enough life insurance. My husband didn't. I was, you know, without a job or with a really small job. And then how do you do it? I thought about the smartest friend I knew in business and finance, and I called that person for help. And it's amazing when you call and ask for help, the rewards. This person guided me through everything. So just just think about the smartest financial person you know and call and ask for help. And when you ask That's for the help, the rewards can be great. They say no. That's the worst. Exactly. And one of the other things we have, you know, we women, Cynthia, we put everything on our to-do list. Yes. And, yes. I can tell you're laughing about this. Sometimes we may have to make a to-don't list. And one of the things we say on your to-don't list is cross out two things on your to-do list. <laughs> you know, get the car washed. Okay, that's out. You know, okay, vacuum the living. Okay, that's out for today. But you, some, sometimes you almost have to do that. Get a to-don't list, cross out the first two things on your to-do list, and try to move on. Um, this is a really funny thing I always say, but, um, you know, in humor, we have to have humor to guide us through some of life's darkest moments. When I lost my husband and Senator Jackie Spear had lost her husband a year before, she gave me, of course, love and support and lasagna casseroles. She also gave me advice. She said, Jan, the funeral expenses, charge everything because then you can earn some miles. I loved it, and you guys took trips. I thought that was the <laughs> smartest thing. I, and, you know, I didn't even think of that tip, but I love it. Yeah, so, you know, we we pass that on. And again, you know, Cynthia, we want people to, to have a sense of humor because laughter can take you so many places. Plus, your your husbands would have been delighted, you know, really delighted that you took the kids and you went to Hawaii or, you know, you did these things. Well, I wanted to tell uh, our listeners how the book is formatted because I am huge on quotes. I love quotes because I really think that they give us the inspiration and uplifting we need for the day. And your book is chock full of hundreds and hundreds of fantastic quotes that will just help you get your motor running. And then just all kinds of honest tips. You're so vulnerable in this book, which I love. You really, you know, let all the warp. And, and funny bones show, and I think it's really important. And mistakes. We talk about our mistakes. Yes, and we... I love that. I think that's so, because it shows how human that it's you are and that we're all in this human family together and that we're all in, you know, we're all humans in training, I think it would be the way to say it. Oh, I love that, humans in training. And also, one of the things we encourage everyone to do in this book is to take a chance, take a risk. You know, Jackie Spear and I, we lost our husbands uh, 13 years ago. However, you know, our lives are kind of a happy ending. We both remarried and we met our husbands on blind dates. I, and both of you had said you wouldn't get married again. Ever. Ever. Never. You would I never, mean, it sounds like you were so again. adamant about it. There's no way, Jose. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, isn't it a one thing, jamais dit jamais, you never say never because we really don't know what's around the corner and we really have to be open to all the options. And especially when you're, you know, you're dreaming the dream and you're getting the skills and you're going into action and you're asking for help and you're believing in yourself and you've got a support squad, you've got your, your sister, your sisterhood here as we were talking about, you know, you can really reinvent and reexamine 
and start over again, and it, you're living a great life now. Well, you know, we always try, and then I say uh, in the book, we, um, you know, I have remarried, and I have more children now. You know, there are five kids, my three and my husband's two, and we live Brady Bunch there. Brady Bunch. <laughs> but, you know, even the Brady Bunch have their issues, and we've had some great new family traditions, great family trips, family arguments, family disappointments we've seen our kids through, high school, drug rehab, and college. But we are here, and we are standing, and we are moving forward. And that makes, to me, that is role modeling the right outlook on life. You're not running away from anything. You're digging in with both feet. You're taking the time to weep and to wonder. And at the same time, you're just going full force straight ahead because you can. You can absolutely do that. And I love the quote on the back of your book, courage doesn't always Always roar. That's true. And I do want to say that we have the voices of 30 women in the in this book. We are sort of the lead-off voices. But there are so many other stories, as you know, Cynthia, in, our, in, in this book, that we have um, a woman who survived two breast cancers before she was 50 and started a new company to directly link pharmaceutical companies with cancer patients. There are so many sources in here, and let's give out your website, Jan, because I want everybody to get a copy of this book. The name of the book is This Is Not the Life I Ordered, 50 Ways to Keep Your Head Above Water When Life Keeps Dragging You Down. Deborah Collins Stevens, Jackie Spear, Micheline, Christine, is it Risley or Reasley? Reasley, like Reasley. Jan Harrow are the, all the co-authors. It's from Canary Press. And the website is This Is Not the Life You Ordered. Uh, dot com. This is not Correct. the life I ordered. Dot com. Correct. The title of the book is our website. That's right. The title of the book. So this is not the life I ordered. Jan, it's so exciting to reconnect with you. Hopefully, I'll see you at a NATIS meeting or someplace in San Francisco one of these days. Um, congratulations on your book and on all the things you're doing. And give my best to the rest of the sisterhood there. You've got a great kitchen table group and I want to start a friend group just like you have. It's, it's, it's really inspiring. Thank you for being the star that you are, Jan. Oh, thank you, Cynthia. It's been a pleasure being on. This is not the life I ordered. Go to that website. You've been listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. For more information about the charity Be the Star You Are, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. For more information about Cynthia Bryan, it's just CynthiaBryan.com. And until we celebrate next week, go out into the world, live in the moment, take a look in the mirror and admire yourself because you're a wonder of creation. And always... Be the star you are. We'll talk next week from the cruise ship. Cynthia Bryan signing off. Ciao for now. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. World Talk Radio.